Welcome to the Genius Women Podcast. I'm your host, Yulia Denisuk, an award-winning travel photographer and writer with work in some incredible publications like National Geographic, Farm Magazine, and more. And this year, you'll see my name in places like Condé Nast Traveler. I'm on a mission to help other women who want to grow their travel storytelling careers go after their dreams while feeling supported, worthy, and bold. If you're ready to ditch your fear and doubt to the side, step into your brilliance and take action on your dreams, you're in the right place. Let's go. Hi, everyone. I hope that you're enjoying the much needed warmth and sunshine that seems to have finally come to us this month. We are taking some time off here at the Genius Women podcast, and we will be returning with new season three episodes for you very soon in June. Until then, I'd like to share with you a few conversations that we regularly have in the circle. Our membership for women on the creative path who are looking for ongoing support, encouragement, and a community as they establish themselves in the travel media space. In this bonus episode, I'm sharing with you a discussion we had this April. At the beginning of every month in the circle, I set a theme for our discussions, activities, and workshops we hold in our membership, and April's theme was creative entrepreneurship. Enrollment to our membership is ongoing, and this June, we are putting together our first ever Genius Women virtual one-day retreat for our circle members. I'll share more information about the retreat at the end of this episode. Okay, let's dive in. Let's start with our topic for today, which is our, going to be our theme for uh, the month of April. And what I wanted to bring to your consideration and attention this month is a topic of creative entrepreneurship. And particularly... What I wanted to discuss is how can we, as travel photographers and writers, as travel storytellers, how can we become more like entrepreneurs and how can we adopt more of that thinking that entrepreneurs have? Because I actually do view all of us as entrepreneurs, right? We are, we're all working for ourselves. We're all pursuing opportunities. We're all trying to build something. So I, I definitely think we are entrepreneurs already. And there are sort of uh, five or six key things that I have seen a lot of successful entrepreneurs do, uh, do well. And so those are the things that I want to cover today and, and discuss how can they apply to our, our paths. And then we can perhaps discuss that and, and see what you guys think. So like I said, there's sort of five or six key things that I've seen entrepreneurs do well. And I want to talk today about how, how can we apply them in our path. And where I'm getting this knowledge, by the way, from is um, for a couple of years after I quit my job. And I, I, don't, I, I don't think I've talked about this a lot with you guys or just in general. But for the first couple of years, I was involved with an organization in New York that helped people who are stuck in their corporate jobs to figure out what their next project or step would be. And it was an amazing project. Like I was so happy to be part of that effort. And as part of that organization, we had several programs actually where we helped people do that transition. And one of the programs was focused on specifically figuring out what your purpose would be in life. If you're stuck, if you're feeling like, you know, I don't know what to do with myself or with my life, 
you know, we, we did a program for that. And then another program we ran was an entrepreneurship program where somebody who had an idea and they wanted to sort of figure out the next steps to make it, make it happen. We helped them with that. And as part of that program, we brought on a lot of really amazing uh, entrepreneurs in New York City who gave talks, you know, we did a lot of workshops. We, we had all kinds of stuff going on there. One of the entrepreneurs there was this guy. Can't remember his name now, but I remember the business that he started called Con Body. You might have heard of it, Con Body. He was a former convict here in the U.S. He used to be a drug dealer uh, in New York City, dealing millions and millions of, of dollars in drugs. And he got busted and he went to prison. And in prison, he, he got really overweight. And then he figured out a way to, to keep himself fit in, pro, in prison. And when he got out, he launched that as his own sort of method of doing uh, fitness and exercises without any equipment, without a gym, without anything. And that's con body. And they employ former prisoners and all of that. So, you know, we, we had people like that come, for example, to, uh, to our program and stuff. So basically, the, this is all a very long-winded way to say that the stuff we're going to be talking about today, a lot of it comes from that experience that I had, but also from my own experience, right? Launching Nomad and Jewels, launching Genius Women, doing all these different things. So the first, the first of these five points is acting first. And what that means is that a really successful entrepreneurs that I've seen, they don't overthink stuff. They don't sit on ideas. They don't think, well, what if this? What if that happens? What if this doesn't work? What if that doesn't work? They go out and they test those ideas and they actually bring it to the market really quickly. And I think this is something that we can really, really, really learn from because you know this, right? A lot of times when we see a, a call for pitches or, or something like that, you know, we, we immediately start coming up with reasons why this is not going to work, right? <laughs> reasons why we shouldn't pitch it because it's, it's not something that is attainable for us. But just pitch, just act. Just act first. Don't don't overthinking. Don't don't sit on it too long. Just pitch them and see what happens. And I think this is a lesson that is is really, really pertinent. The second point is minimum viable product MVP. Are you guys familiar with that concept? MVP, minimum viable product. That's very similar to the first one, where instead of sort of building this very perfect product or a very perfect service that you're trying to launch. You're building something in isolation of customer feedback. And that's a really big mistake in the world of entrepreneurship. But instead, what you want to do is you want to build something that's minimally viable and launch it and then see how the market reacts. That idea of a minimally viable product for us means don't try to make your pitch perfect. Don't try to like dust it all off and make sure that it's all as perfect as it can be, because in doing that, you're losing time. And sometimes time is really essential in, uh, in pitching, particularly when, you know, big publications, uh, let's say, put out a call for pitches on Twitter or somewhere in, in sometimes in a matter of hours, they can have hundreds and hundreds of pitches, which is sort of crazy. And of course, we're not always going to be like, send a pitch in, in the first hour that opportunity was posted. But the idea more here is that if you sit on a pitch for a week or two from when you first came across an opportunity 
it might be too late. And that actually has happened to me. I think I shared that story with you that I, Ashley, Ashley is raising her hand too, right? Um, I, I was sitting on a pitch for BBC Travel and when I finally sent it in, because I thought, you know, I kept coming up with ideas why it didn't, it's not going to work for BBC Travel. And when they finally got it, he's like, almost like, damn it, Yulia, we just accepted another pitch on, on Jordan. You know, it's too close. We can't take it. So I'm like, you know, if I sent it in sooner, I definitely would have gotten it. So minimum viable product, right? Does your pitch have all of the things that it needs to have? That's the thing that you got to make sure. But beyond that, just send it out. Don't, don't try to make it perfect. Point number three is empathy. And that actually all is very related to points number one and two, because again, a, a big mistake in the world of entrepreneurship is entrepreneurs who don't create products and services that the market actually needs are going to fail. It's just as simple as that, right? A lot of people come into entrepreneurship because they have this idea, oh, I want to create something, you know, I want to do something for whatever reasons, for whatever motivations they have. They don't often think about, is this something that the market actually needs, right? What is the problem that I'm trying to solve here? Is my product and service a solution to an actual problem or not? And the only way to find that out is if you have empathy and you actually engage with the audience that you're trying to serve and to understand if the product and service that you're creating, if they even need it. And you would be surprised in that program that I mentioned earlier that we had for budding entrepreneurs, you'd be surprised how many people don't even think about that. And they don't even think to go and talk to, the cost to their potential customers and understand if what they're trying to build is even relevant to them, you know? And how this applies, this point about empathy, how it applies to us is that we need to think about the audience, right, of the publication that we're pitching. And I think this is super relevant to us as well, because oftentimes we are driven by, oh, I want to tell this story, right? I had this experience. I've met, let's say, this person or whatever it is. I traveled somewhere. I want to tell the world about this experience. Your motivation in this case is not what is useful or what is interesting to this particular audience of this particular publication. Your motivation here is I want to tell the story, right? And I think there is a balance here because, of course, as storytellers, we want to tell these stories. But especially when you're approaching a specific publication with a specific pitch, if you think about, is this actually what the audience of this publication is going to find interesting? It's going to put you so much above a lot of other pitches that this publication is getting because very few people actually think about that. You know who thinks about that all the time? The editors, right? This is what they think about all the time. So in this case, it's empathy about the audience, but it's also empathy about the editor, right? We're, we're empathetic to the job of the editor too. And mm. I talk about this a lot too, that the more you can put yourself in the shoes of the editor and make their job easier, the better friends you will become. They will love you. <laughs> they will love the people who can make their job easier and they will want to work with you and, and assign more and more stories to you which is, of course, where you want to be in the end, right? So this point about empathy, I think, is super relevant as well. Uh, okay, so, so far we've covered acting first, not sitting on, on our ideas, minimum viable product, right? Uh, not doing a perfect pitch, but sending it out as soon as it's good enough. Empathy, where we think about the audience and we think about the editor. Point number four is resilience, not taking no for an answer. And 
in entrepreneurship, just like it is in our path, there's so many failures. There's so many setbacks. Things are not going to work out. They're, they're almost definitely not going to work out the first time people try them. Like It's not like overnight somebody tried something and, and it uh, got successful right away. It's not like that at all. In fact, last night I was on Clubhouse with Guy Raz, who is my favorite. He's, he's the show host of How I Build This on NPR. I really love him. He used to run TED Radio Hour on NPR as well. He's a brilliant host, interviewer, just really great journalist. Yesterday, he had the founders of Clubhouse on the app. And he was recording actually his podcast on the Clubhouse app, which was just super awesome. So you can actually hear this episode. It's going to come out in a couple of weeks where he interviews the founders of Clubhouse. But, you know, Clubhouse is super successful now. It's the hottest app of the year, basically. And it's just been valued at $4 billion. And they're raising money and they're getting ready for an IPO and all this stuff. But in the conversation yesterday, they were talking about how Paul and Rohan, the the two co-founders, how they failed so many businesses before this one, right? So if you just hear this, oh, Clubhouse is so successful. Yeah, it's probably business number 10 that they've had that is successful. And the first nine have failed. And people don't talk about that, but that's the reality, right? So resilience is a huge part of this uh, game of entrepreneurship, but also for us, it's the same thing. And I talk about this all the time. You guys know this, right? One pitch is not going to work. Five pitches is not going to work. Eventually, one of your pitches is going to work. And it's how do you find it in yourself to keep going and not taking no for an answer, because that's what it's going to take. And then finally, uh, point number five, looking at the long term and really adopting the long-term uh, vision and the long, long-term long game. And that's related to re- resilience, but it's, it's a little bit different in that when we adopt this long-term view and we understand that we're in this career for the long-term, long haul, then all of the individual failures that we have, because we're all going to have them, you know, I have them almost every day too. People don't respond to me. People don't uh, like respond with the rejection, like all kinds of stuff. Those individual failures, they're going to become less painful when we know, okay, today didn't work out, tomorrow might not work out. I'm in this for the long haul. I'm in this for my life. So it's okay because I'm still going to keep going because I've adopted this long-term vision. And I think really successful entrepreneurs, they sort of balance those two uh, like modalities. Because if you notice, we started this conversation from a very action-oriented, short-term, quick act first, minimum viable product, right? That's all very like in the now. It's very short-term, present, let's go, let's, you know, action-focused. And we finish this conversation in a very long-term, long vision uh, game, resilience and all of that. And I think really successful entrepreneurs, they're able to balance those two forces because one force is really like here, action-oriented, but the other force is really, this is a long-term game that I'm playing. If you're able to understand what that long-term or, you know, adopt this long-term vision for yourself, it's going to help you in this game because how we think about stuff, our mindset, you're seeing this already yourself, right? How we think about stuff is everything. It's absolutely everything. It's either going to help us on this path or it's going to, you know, create obstacles for us on this path. So yeah, acting first, minimum viable product, empathy, resilience, and then adopting the long-term vision are the traits of successful entrepreneurs that I've seen 
that I think are super relevant to us as well. And I, you know, there is definitely more we can talk about here. I mean, successful entrepreneurs, there's a whole lot of different skills and traits that are there, but I think these five are particularly relevant to what we're doing here. Thanks again for listening to our bonus episode today. I hope you found the ideas we discussed here helpful for your own creative path. And here's some more information on the June retreat I mentioned at the top of this episode. In this one-day virtual retreat, we'll focus on strategies to help us craft our dream creative life, like reimagining our imposter syndrome and creating focus and intention with our work. We'll have an amazing guest speaker join us who will run a session on tapping into our divine femininity. We'll also work in small groups in breakout sessions and brainstorm ideas to support each other's work. The retreat is on Saturday, June 5th, and it's open to our circle members. So if you've been thinking about joining us, now would be a really good time to do that so you can participate in the retreat. Get more information about our membership and how to join at geniuswomen.com slash circle. And you can also find this link in our episode show notes. Thanks again for listening and stay tuned for another bonus episode coming your way next week in which I'll be sharing with you my tips for thriving when pitching.